From the Financial Times in Manila, I'm Avantika Chilkoti and this is FT News. In just five years, the Philippines has undergone a transformation. From the so-called sick man of Asia to the investor's darling. By pledging to put the country on the straight path, President Benigno Aquino III, who came to power in 2010, has clamped down on corruption and revived confidence in the economy. But the president is barred from running for a second term, and on May 9th, Filipinos will go to the polls to choose his successor. Whoever wins the vote will be at the helm of one of Asia's fastest-growing economies, with a crucial position by the South China Sea and a fast-growing population of 100 million people. Over the past 10 years, careful economic management has brought government debt down to less than 50% of GDP. The Philippine economy has grown an average 6.3% annually for the past five years. Investment is pouring in, and the IT services sector is projected to generate 1.3 million new jobs over the next few years. About a tenth of the country's population finds work overseas, sending home valuable remittances that prop up the external balances. The GDP is there. Your per capita numbers are really good. The challenge now is to be laser sharp in driving the inclusivity. We will continue to have 20 plus storms a year, whether we like it or not. You need to make communities more resilient. We need to move their houses to where it's safer so that in the next storm they will not lose their house, their TV, and people will not get killed. Because we live in 7,100, actually 7,500 islands on high tide, there is a logistics issue. Inflation is very varied in the country. If the price of rice goes up by 50 centavos here in Metro Manila, in some areas the increase is actually 3 pesos per kilo. Why? Because they are so remote, they are so distant, the transport there alone is expensive. So that's the other structural challenges that require attention so that we can have the higher percentage inclusivity than we are getting now. That was Jose Rene Almendras, the Foreign Affairs Secretary of the Philippines. Mr. Aquino's choice candidate is Mar Rojas, the grandson of a former president and an experienced politician. But discussions on the candidate's platform of government has been eclipsed by controversies and soundbites. Despite recent stellar growth, concerns over persistent poverty and corruption mean Filipinos seem to be favoring anti-establishment candidates. Weeks ago, the front-runner was Senator Grace Poe, the adopted daughter of one of the country's best-loved film stars, who positioned herself as a fresh-faced reformist. But Rodrigo Duterte, the mayor of Davao City, has now overtaken her. Even after videos surfaced, showing the would-be president making shocking jokes about the gang rape of an Australian missionary in Davao. Duterte is doing very well in the surveys, precisely because, first of all, he presents himself as the head of a revolution from the periphery, right? Mm -hmm. He comes from Mindanao. This is the first time, in, I think, the Philippine history whereby you have a leader from a provincial town making it this far in the race and this close to power, to the Malacanang, the Filipino White House. He shows conviction about the predicaments that Mindanao faces when it comes to peace, when it comes to conflict and lack of law and order. He's also ethnically from the Visayas region, the central regions of the Philippines. So he presents himself as both the son of Mindanao and Visayas, and in both regions he's doing very well. In Mindanao, he has essentially locked in the region, and Mindanao is the second largest 
voting block. So up to 50 or 60 percent of voters actually are, are rooting for him in Mindanao, and that's large enough vote in Visayas his second or first uh, in the last two surveys. So he has a strong appeal among people in the periphery because he presents himself as someone who will fight against Imperial Manila and bring more power, more resources to the periphery. That was Richard Hedarian, a political scientist at Manila's De La Salle University. At the centre of the polls is Comelec, the body tasked with coordinating a vote across over 7,000 islands in a country where bribery and violence are rife. The most important thing really to consider is how close the election results are projected to be. The thing is, the last time we did this for presidential elections in 2010, there was, by broad consensus, a clear front-runner. But now there is no such clear front-runner. And, and a lot of people are claiming that top position for their own candidates. So you can expect that on election day, you'll see results that are closely tracking each other, which means that it is a, a very definite challenge to make sure that the election results, whatever they turn out to be, are credible. Because ultimately, that's what it's going to come down to. Are they going to believe that someone won by such a narrow margin? Since independence from American rule, Filipinos have voted in a dictator, a film star, and members of the established elite, focusing on personality over hard policy promises. With days to go before the polls, it seems like nothing will change. The question now is, will the next president be able to sustain the economic gains that the Aquino government has achieved? Jose Rene Almendras again. A lot of the programs that we have done in this administration are the groundbreaking solutions. We have started structural reforms that cannot be finished in three years, four years, five years' time. I am proud of our president today because he has never been afraid to make the difficult decisions. What are the prospects? We're hoping that the next set, I can tell you with a very straight face, they don't need to go through as much trauma as we had to go through because we have done the difficult decisions. All they need to do is follow through, and that's not going to be as traumatic as what we have gone through. Avantika Jalkoti for the Financial Times in Manila. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has experienced teams who can craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex. Real wealth requires real solutions. Connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's Coriant.com.